0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London Together living out the fullness of Christ We hope you enjoy this message Today we celebrate the resurrection of Christ Where a dead body The Son of God dead in a tomb Came to life Darkness turned To light, hopelessness turned into eternal hope. That is what we're celebrating today. The resurrection of Christ reveals that all things are possible with God. And surely we need that at this time. We need this in our homes, our families, our marriages, our businesses, our finances. We need the resurrection life of Christ. And this is the good news. Jesus is risen. And He's made available His resurrection life for all of us. So the first two weeks of uh, this lockdown has been really challenging for me and and, and for me and Sonica. I was struggling with things. God was working in me and challenging me on things and convicting me. And and as a result of that, I was unable to focus on my wife and and my family. And I, I was distracted. I was inwardly focused. It was a really challenging Time. I, I just didn't have the capacity to focus on my family, and so thanks to Uncle Cyril, he obviously picked up that uh, we as a family were battling and we weren't quite uh, taking hold of the first two weeks of the lockdown sufficiently. So he decided to extend the lockdown with another two weeks. So we have 21 days still to go. So thank you, Cyril. Really appreciating it. And as a family, we now want to take hold. Of, uh, of this lockdown and uh, really make it worth our while. So I could see with my wife that she was battling. She wasn't full of joy and, and, and peace. And I, I just knew I need to invest in her and my family. So on Friday, Good Friday, I washed Sonic and Vian's feet and prayed over them. It was such a special time. My wife, Sonica loves to dance. So I decided, come on, let's do Dance April. So for these 21 days, we are now every day dancing on a romantic song. And I could see the life of Christ flowing into our home and into my wife again. And uh, I'm really thankful. But so what can you do at this time to release resurrection life, to release blessing to a loved one, to a child, spouse, friend, family member? Be open to what God wants to do through you, to invest in those relationships that are truly important. So today we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, but how can we have a resurrection without a death? In the same way, how can we have the power of God raised upon us unless we die to self? You see, the Son is risen, and he wants to rise upon us and within us. The Spirit of Christ wants to rest upon you and me so that lives can be transformed. And we see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, well-known verse where Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So the heart of God is to put Power on us to release His power His Holy Spirit power the Spirit of Christ to rest upon us so that life could flow to others but the question is how? how? How can we receive the power of God? And if we receive the power of God, how can we carry the power of God in such a way that only God be glorified and that the power that rests upon us don't go to our heads and we become full of ourselves? So today I want to answer this question. How can we receive resurrection life? And how can you and I position ourselves in a place that as the power of God rests upon us, that it will bring glory to Jesus and not glory to self? So that's what we're looking at today. God begins to work when you and I come to the end of ourselves. So in my Good Friday message, I laid a foundation for what I'm sharing with you today. I shared with you how you you and I can come to the end of ourselves. So first of all, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, if you are a child of God, either a son or a daughter of God, then all the honor, all the love, that you and I need in this life, we receive straight from our Heavenly Father. Our expectation is from Him, not from people. So that's where we have to start. We cannot die to self until we understand that all we need is found in God. Then secondly, that sets us up to become a servant, to lay down self and to serve others well. And I share one of the practical things that you and I can do is we can wash somebody else's feet to cleanse our own hearts. We can prioritize someone else's dream before our own as we take up this identity of a servant. Philippians 2 verse 3 speaks about this. It says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Challenging verse. Don't be selfish, be a servant. Then it says there, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Man, how is this possible? This is hard. I mean, think about this for a moment. How do you honestly esteem someone else higher than yourself when possibly every aspect of your life is better than that person? In other words, let's say it's a, Uh, uh, uneducated, drunkard, or druggie living on the streets? I mean, how do you esteem that person higher than yourself? Well, I want to look at that today. I want to give us a few answers to that today. And I want to show you how to step into this place, which is truly freedom. So I want to show you how to step into freedom. I want to reveal to you how we can esteem others higher than ourselves. So let's look at this. The cross, Good Friday, the day that the Son of God was murdered, brutally murdered on a cross. You know what the cross speaks of? It speaks of our inability, the inability of self. It is the official confirmation to all of mankind that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot please God. We cannot remove our own sins. We cannot approach a holy God by our own good works. Simply said, we Cannot. I can imagine Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I know it must be as you will it. Father, take this from me. Spare me. Struggling through this whole thing of what he needs to now do, needs to die on this cross, battling in praise, sweating blood, struggling through this. And he's like, Dad, Father, is there no other way? Isn't there another way that we can do this? And I imagine his heavenly father speaking to him and saying, Son, you know there's no other way. You know they cannot save themselves. You know this is the only way that relationship can be restored between God and man. If you will it, Father. If you will it, The need for Jesus to die at the cross confirms our inability to save self. God can, but we can't. All things are possible with Him. Very little are possible in ourselves. And that is why Jesus went through hell, unbelievable pain and suffering at the cross, so that you and I can have heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And so during that time of the crucifixion, just before and, and, and after, the disciples of Jesus came face to face with self. And it wasn't a pretty sight. king of the Jews, can you see the temple from there? <laughs> Leave him! Father... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. if we had to put ourselves in their shoes as Jesus was dying on that cross, all their hopes of grandeur, of reigning with the Messiah, gone. The Romans crucified Jesus. It's game over. This is the end. They thought they were special. They thought they would reign and rule with Christ. They thought they are going to... God has great plans for them. But now, nothing but darkness, disappointment, Hopelessness, despair, depression, fear. And they hid away in their homes as the body of Christ was hanging on that cross. You see, between the cross and the resurrection, there's failure. There is a coming to the end of self. Now, some of the guys were even worse off than the others. Peter, hot-headed Peter. You see, God's power rested on Peter in the book of Acts in incredible ways that it seems that even his shadow caused people to be healed, physically healed. But before the cross, we see a different picture of Peter. We see a man who thought that he could do this. We see a man who spoke quickly and trusted in himself. I mean, Peter thought, I can do this. And that's what he said to Jesus. On the night just before Jesus was crucified, Peter looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, even if everybody else denies you and turns their backs on you, I won't. Jesus, I'm going to be with you to the end. I will die with you, Jesus. And then Jesus looks at him, obviously loving him. And he said, Peter, you don't know. Peter, you're still not getting it. You don't realize how weak you are. You don't realize how unable you are to do these things. Peter, before this night is over, you will deny me three times. Face self. See who you are without me. And so the night progressed. Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane, prayed and sweating blood, in torment, and the super apostles were there, asleep, unable to even stay awake and to pray with Jesus. I mean, without the grace of God, these guys were useless. And then Jesus gets taken away. And what happens? They all flee. They all run away. Peter is still there in the in the, in the area. And then he denies Christ three times. He so vehemently denied that he knew Christ, that he cussed and he cursed. I'm like, wow. So, so, Peter, you're the leader of this elite world-changing unit? You guys are hopeless. You're useless. Jesus, I think everything that you have done thus far has been a waste. These guys cannot take things forward, they have come face to face with self, and it's not a pretty sight. I can imagine Peter being tormented with thoughts as he realized what he's just done. He's denied Christ, and he started to weep, and he fled, hiding away. I can just imagine these voices of torment coming to him. Simon, you're a real loser, aren't you? You don't qualify You're not good enough for Jesus. You don't have what it takes. You're weak. You're pathetic. Just like everyone has been saying to you your whole life, it is now official. You are a failure. You don't qualify. And it's true. That's right. When we come face to face with self, we realize that We don't qualify. We're not good enough. We don't have what it takes. And we need to come to the end of ourselves by looking at self, the not so pretty picture, so that we can come to the end of self, so that the power of God can truly rest upon us, so that the resurrection life of Jesus can flood into our lives. You see, God begins to work when we come to the end of ourselves, The power of the Holy Spirit rested greatly upon the disciples and upon Peter, but they first had to come to the cross and come to the end of themselves so that Jesus will get all the glory. So let's look at this. Let's look at coming face to face with self. Let's look at how you and I can surrender ourselves to God and come to the end of self. So the first truth that you and I need to discover is I can't. I don't have it in me. I can't. James 4, verse 5 to 6, it says, Or oh, do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Now the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ that raced within us yearns jealously. It's like, I'm seeking humble hearts. I'm seeking pure hearts. I'm seeking a surrendered lives. Verse 6, but he gives more grace. That is the unmerited, undeserved empowerment Favor of God. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but it gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Now, every married man has experienced this. If you haven't been uh, doing your part and you haven't been investing in your wife sufficiently, and now you are seeking um, physical intimacy, there's a good chance that she's going to say, uh, no, I resist you. I have a headache. Not interested. As married men we we know we know that being resisted from the love of our life in the same way imagine the love of our souls the almighty resisting us saying I'm not interested in spending time with you because your heart stinks. Come on, let's deal with that. Let's sort out the things in your heart and then we can spend time again so the proud they think too much of themselves they exalt themselves but the humble realizes how weak they are and how small they are and how unable they are and then it says but god gives grace to the humble god gives empowerment and favor to the humble and that's what god is calling you and me into so this is the first key you and i need to realize that we can do nothing without god And so at some point when Jesus was, he just cut to the chase and he spoke to his disciples and said, guys, you can do nothing without me. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. We can do nothing without God. Do not be confused about this. Any good that is happening in your life right now is the grace of God. And when we realize that, when we come face to face with self then we can humble ourselves and we receive grace. We receive resurrection life into our hearts and lives. So the first truth is you can't. Second truth, we need to understand the kingdom of God. If you want to go up, you need to first go down. Matthew 10, verse 42, Jesus got them together to settle things down. The context here is the guys, the super apostles, they were fighting about who's the greatest. Who's going to sit next to Jesus on the left and the right? And so Jesus settled things down and he said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. Isn't that the truth? A little bit of power. It's easy to be humble when you've got nothing. But the moment you receive power or honor or position or influence, then that power can so easily go to our heads. But then Jesus says, it's not going to be that way with you. You're going to be different than the world. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. So Jesus reveals here that you need to go down in the kingdom if you want to go up. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to be the least, the slave, the servant. You need to surrender self. And yes, you can only do this when you realize how loved you are, how secure you are in your heavenly father. But then you need to humble yourself. So one of the things um, I felt the Holy Spirit lay in my heart in this time as I pursue less of self and more of God, was to begin to pray for other pastors here in East London, in our city. So I began to pray for some pastors and uh, started to trust God to reveal to me who they are in Him and what He has planned for their churches. I was blown away. It was so special to get glimpses by the Holy Spirit of who that man of God really is and of what God has planned for their church. I was like, wow, come on. I got excited about the kingdom of God coming in that church and in their lives and in that congregation. It, it did something so beautiful to my own heart as like I suddenly stepped back and I saw the bigger picture and I could see the kingdom of God is coming everywhere, not just with us and not just through me, It it is something beautiful that instead of competing with others, now suddenly we are the cheerleaders. We are celebrating them. We are encouraging them. And I sent some of these words to to some of these pastors and it so blessed them. It was like a word in season to them. It it, it, it encouraged them greatly. So how about doing that for somebody? A family member? How about doing that for a, a business down the road? A competitor? How about praying for those and and, and another teacher in your school, if you're a teacher or your boss or a neighbor. Instead of finding fault, instead of competing, instead of criticizing, seek their blessing. Seek God's face to bless them more than you. You see, that is the key of being a servant, is when we esteem somebody else above ourselves. And we prioritize what they are doing above our own desires and our own passions. So come on, you can do that. This is part of the kingdom dynamic. As we humble ourselves, as we go down, then we can find greatness in God. Then grace is released into our lives. Then resurrection life is poured out upon us. So in the kingdom of God, we need to go down before we can go up. And then the third truth that I want to share with us is you need to celebrate your weakness. You need to celebrate your weakness. Yes, when you come face to face with self and it's not pretty, we want to run away. We want to like, oh, that's not real. That's, that, that's somebody else. No, when you come face to face with self, with your weakness, your failures, all that, don't run away. Rejoice in it. Celebrate your weakness. This is a powerful principle. We see this in 2 Corinthians 12. We see this with Paul, the apostle, a man that God used mightily and he wrote half of the New Testament. And he says in verse nine, each time he said, this is God speaking to Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So the context is Paul had a thorn in his flesh. He was struggling with something, maybe persecution or whatever it might have been. And he went to God and said, God, please remove this from me. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My undeserved favor and empowerment is sufficient for you many of us are praying god take this coronavirus away god stop this trial lord this lockdown but what if we're not supposed to pray lord take this away what are we supposed to pray god now do in us what you want to do god change us transform us help us to become the servants you've called us to be god says to paul my power works best in weakness So if you want resurrection life then there needs to be a dying to self weakness needs to be present so you might say yeah so what so what are you saying are you saying less of me so that more of god might rest upon me yes the way up in the kingdom of god is to go down the way into god's honor is to humble yourself the question how do we humble ourselves how do we embrace weakness paul said man i'm glad To boast about my weaknesses. So here's the challenge. Shamelessly share your weaknesses, your mistakes, and your faults with others. Then run away from it. Share it. Break down the temptation to have this perfect public image by sharing your stuff with others. And you might say, well, what are the people going to think? Who cares what they think? It only matters what God is thinking. We need to actively choose to break down the image of perfection so that Jesus can be glorified. And when we do that, when we share, actively share our weaknesses, our mistakes, our faults, and our our humanness, our humanity, our frailty, do you know what the result will be? Is that when God shows up, when resurrection life flows in, when miracles break out, when, when, when things happen that is just incredible, when God moves, the result will be is that people will look at our lives and they will say, oh, well, I, I know this guy. I know this woman. This can't be them. This must be God's. And then Jesus will be glorified. Do you see it? That's why Paul had to boast in his weaknesses. He had to rejoice and he needed to embrace his weakness because as he embraced it, the power of God rested upon him. Do you want resurrection life? Embrace your weakness. Celebrate your weakness. Don't run away. Embrace it. But as a son, knowing that you are loved by your heavenly Father. So do you desire the power of God to rest upon you? Do you desire God to do great things through you? Take up your place as a son of God and as a servant and let his power rest upon you. So verse 10 says there, Paul saying, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's like, (laughs) that's the upside down kingdom. We don't, want, we, don't, we don't like to be weak. We want to be strong. But the truth is that when we embrace our weakness, then we will be strong. Then God's grace will rest upon us. So you acted like an idiot, selfish, impatient, unkind, like a fool. You acted like someone you don't like. That's you without God. That's you and me without the grace of God resting upon us. So don't feel condemned or guilty. Just admit it. That's me without God. And so God, please help me. Help me to become more like Christ. To be kind, to be patient, to be humble, to give honor to others. That's me without you. I am weak, but God, I want to be strong. So some while ago, um, it was a Sunday service and... There were a whole lot of technical issues a whole lot of things that was going wrong that Sunday morning and I lost my peace I was under pressure to share the message and I lost my peace I lost my cool and I treated a few volunteers unkindly I, I did go back to them later the morning after the service and I said guys I'm, I'm really sorry I, I lost my cool I lost my peace and, I was just under a lot of pressure, and uh, I'm sorry. But I acted like an idiot. I acted like somebody that I don't want to be like. Now, I can say, man, um, that's somebody else. You know, or I can feel condemned about it or guilty about it. Or I can just say, hey, that's me without Jesus. That's me without the grace of God. I'm not going to feel condemned. I'm just like, yeah, that's me. God is amazing. I am not. And so when I do act with kindness and love and humility, then I know who it is. It's God's grace upon my life. Everything that works in my life is the grace of God. Everything that goes wrong, that's me. So never forget who you are without God's grace. Let's get rid of condemnation and shame and guilt for where we fail. Simply lean more into God and say, God, I need you. I need your help to be more like Jesus. So maybe you don't know Jesus today. Maybe your life is still a mess. I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer to Jesus today, to surrender to God today and allow Him to make you into a new you, to wash your sins away, to restore you, to redeem you and to make you a person that you really do want to be like to become like Jesus. So, ending off. So years ago, I was in a church service. I was listening to a man of God preach the word, and I remember judging this man. I remember criticizing and finding fault with this man. A good man. But there was judgment in my in my heart. I was looking down upon this man, and as This was happening. I think maybe it was at the end of the service and we were standing again. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Andre, sit down. So I I sat down in my chair. Like, God, what are you trying to say to me? And then I felt the Holy Spirit take me to Psalm 23, verse 5, which says, You prepare a feast, a table with a feast, for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this first. I think, what has this got to do with what's happening here? And the Lord revealed to me, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, that this isn't a normal table that I need to come and sit at. This table is knee high. The table of the Lord... The feast that God has prepared for all of us in the presence of even our enemies, of adversity, of challenges, of trials, is knee high. In other words, if you want to partake of the feast of the Lord, of the table of God, you and I need to humble ourselves. We need to bow the knee. We need to kneel before the Lord to partake of all that God has for us. And so the Holy Spirit said to me, Andre, Sit down, get off your high horse, get off from that place of pride, of arrogance, of judgment, of esteeming yourself higher than somebody else. Sit down, go down. In this case to your knees if you want all that i have for you if you want to partake of resurrection life if you want as it says there you you honor me by anointing my head with oil it speaks about god honors me by anointing my head with oil that honor with the anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection life of Christ. If you want the resurrection life of Jesus to come upon you, you and I need to humble ourselves. We need to come and kneel at the table of the Lord so that God can then pour His goodness out upon us. So get off. Let's get off our high horses. Let's go get off that ugly place of criticizing others and judging others. Let's choose to bow the knee. You see, when you stand in your own ability, when you and I stand proud that we can do this, we have this, we are able, the result is that the arrows of the enemy will hit us because we're standing up. The The place of safety, the secret place is when we're on our knees when we kneel when we humble ourselves then there's a barrier that protects us and the arrows come but it it can't hit us because we are in the secret place we are sitting at the table of the lord in the presence of our enemies that is the place that god is inviting you and me to today if we want the resurrection life of Christ, if we want the power of God to rest upon us, if we want lives to be transformed through us, but without our heads getting too big, we need to embrace the identity of a servant. We need to bow the knee. We need to realize we can't do this. We we need to realize that we need to go down if we want to go up. And we need to celebrate our weaknesses, and share it with others as we break down that perfect public image so that Jesus can be glorified and so that His power can rest upon us. That's the invitation to you and me today. So come, sit down. Come and kneel before the Lord. Take a moment today, just get alone and quiet before God and surrender. As we go down, Christ rises up within us as we go down. Jesus is glorified as we humble ourselves. God pours out His grace upon us. I believe right now the wider body of Christ all across the world is invited. Jesus is saying, "Guys, come, sit down, come and kneel, so that My power can rest upon you, and many many lives can be impacted for the glory of Christ." Those who realize that they can do nothing good of themselves, those receive much grace from God. So you can do this with His ability. I'm excited about seeing resurrection life flowing into our marriages as we humble ourselves before one another, into our homes as we humble ourselves before our children, into our communities and our environment and our churches as we humble ourselves before one another. This is the time to sit down so that Jesus can rise up. So let me pray for us. Father, I pray for our hearts. I pray, God, that you would help us. You know how hard it is for us to humble ourselves, how easy it is for us to exalt ourselves and to criticize others and to find fault with others. Father, I pray for every one of us that your Holy Spirit would help us To embrace our weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon us. God, we pray for resurrection life to flow into our homes, into our marriages. God, we pray for healing to come into our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, I commit your precious people into your hands. Bless them. Lord, I pray that every one of us would find somebody else to celebrate, to serve, to love and to pursue their blessing more than we pursue our own. Thank you, Jesus. And in all of this, your name will be glorified in all the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.